When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The following is a presentation of Morning Drive Media. From the Knapsack Files studios in Burbank, California, this is Life Ranked in the Knapsack Files podcast feed. I'm Ken Knapsack, and this is the show I've been waiting to have for a long time. Me... And a very special guest are going to talk 90s music. Not 90s music like you're uh, an old folk listening to the Jitterbug. No, 1990s rock and roll, pop music, whatever you want to call it. You guys know that's the heyday of my music fandom and my radio career. I can only think of one person to do this right now because uh, other than his work that you know immediately, uh, at Collider and with the Schmodown and Josh McCuga show Between the Sheets back in the day, he also manages a band called Saved by the 90s. It's Thad Williams. Hey, Ken, how are you? I'm, I'm, I am excited. Too excited. Uh, I'm I'm more excited. I'm very happy to be here. Thank you so much for letting me uh, come on and talk music. Oh, it's a pleasure, man. I mean, we, we worked together for so long, but we never really sat down to have that true blue music conversation that's very true i, I just assumed it's because you didn't like me but uh, that's, that's usually what everyone thinks the yeah. first time around even, even my girlfriend's <laughs> like you didn't talk to me for two months you didn't like me um i'm just a quiet boy yeah who likes his 90s rock in the corner there's nothing wrong with that now you are you know i we're we're in the same generation i would say give or take but but I'm, i think i'm actually sadly a millennial no, no I, yeah, by, by definition by definition by, by definition i am a millennial yeah millennials aren't just 18 year olds in fact i don't no. You think millennials are 18 year olds anymore? No, not, they're not. They're, that's something completely different. Yeah, I've been there when some friends of mine have been like, stupid millennials, and they look it up on the chart. They're like, oh, that's me, technically. <laughs> technically. technically. But, you know, there, there's a, a couple years difference between us, but that, that in pop culture, a couple years can be put you in a different mindset. It's very true. But you have a finer appreciation for the finer things that uh, a lot of things I love. Curb Enthusiasm, Saturday Night Live. You and I could probably do a Saturday Night Live history of show here too. Uh, but 90s music is something that's up your alley too. Yeah. I I, I had a very interesting relationship with music. I, I didn't know there was a channel outside the oldies radio station until I was probably yeah. 10, or, 10 or 11 years old. Right. And uh, then went to middle school and summer camp and everyone started passing around different CDs. And before you know it, I mm. fell in love with all the 90s music. So it's uh, it's near and dear to my heart. I, I'm still around it all the time because yeah. my buddies decided to start a band. Tell it's me a little weird. bit about that band. Yeah. So it started as like any other garage rock band, but sure. instead of coming up with originals, they didn't have any ideas. So they just started playing 90 songs. Uh, I think the first show they ever did, we, uh, we, they covered the entire blue album from oh, start yeah. to finish. And then, and then a few other big hits that they could, they, that they could learn in a couple of weeks. Right. And we, we've gone through a couple of name changes. Now we're part of this national franchise of bands what? that are in, it started in New York and there's one in Chicago and San Francisco. So wherever you're listening to this, you could go see a saved by the 90s show in your hometown. Ah. It's not necessarily us, but so you plugged in. So that's interesting that they started yeah. before then plugged into a franchise. Yeah. They were looking to start something in Los Angeles. They found us, uh, mm. cause we had kind of duplicated some of their marketing strategies. Oh, right. Right. Cause uh, we were happy with them. They, they'd started in New York calling themselves the Bayside Tigers, uh, another Saved by the Bell reference. And then mm. we, uh, we all became good friends and they, they, they set us up and, and now we, now I we play that. shows all around Southern California as part of their brand. Their brand. I love that. It's like you open up like a roast, a fast food roast beef sandwich shop and then suddenly Arby's is like, you want to join the team? That's the dream. <laughs> it's that the is, dream. That is the dream. To have all our, our, our own Arby's. Um, so this list, <laughs> that is the dream or just a roast beef sandwich for me. Um, this list, we're titling this Our Favorite 
bands of the 90s. Now, uh, let, let's get to the, the ticky-tacky stuff here. Uh, there might be, this is Thad's list and my list. We're each bringing about five plus some honorable mentions. So what that when you hear this list, you might be like, but, but, but what about, and what about them? And well, that band has a little more historical significance. Yes, that's going to come up. And we might discuss those bands that uh, aren't on our lists maybe at the end of the show because right now it's a surprise what our, what our list is here. Uh, and there's also solo artists that uh, I, you know, I could go on for days about Liz Fair, Matthew Sweet, one of my favorite solo artists in the 90s, but I'm not putting him on that list. Now, if you have anything, Thad, is, you, you, you make the rules in terms of that. If, if like Beck shows up, he counts. Okay. All right. All right. That's Got fine. it. That's fair. For me, when I compiled my list, I went with my favorite bands. And then, then I came up with my songs. And that's another episode. <laughs> that's another episode. So it is a 90s music edition here of Life Rank on the Knapsack Files. Thad Williams in studio. I've talked enough. It's time for you to start with your number five. All right. Well, taking, uh, taking a cue from you, I did do one solo artist on my list. Perfect. And it's kind of a non-traditional thought. Uh, my number five artist is actually Weird Al Yankovic. <laughs> because. That, that definitely counts. he 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 defined my relationship with music in the 90s. Yeah. I listened to more hit songs through him than I ever really heard without him. It's like yeah. when you when you think of smells like teens uh, smells like Nirvana right. and uh, the Bad Hair Day album, which was a big hit for me with the Gangsta's Paradise, the Coolio stuff. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I wasn't listening to Coolio, right? <laughs> and, and but I knew this song and I knew knew the Amish Paradise version, <laughs> and more importantly, I knew his music videos. Yeah, and then he ended the decade with uh, with the Star Wars song, which some could even say was more entertaining than the Phantom Menace. He, what's interesting about that too is he had recorded that before the movie came out, right? Yeah, and yeah. he got some stuff right. They, I think, I they might have let him in on the secrets. Maybe. I don't remember. I do remember him debuting the song on TRL mm-hmm. uh, with with full costume, uh, Carson Daly there with uh, with with his earring, and they <laughs> were just you know they were just uh, tr- trying out the song, and no one knew what it was going to be. It was the new Weird Al song that was yeah. Star Wars themed, and yeah, I mean he was he was all through the '90s for me. He he absolutely was, and and I'm trying to think of the name of the album about 1993 circa for him. Alapalooza? It's Alapalooza. That's the one with the Jurassic Park Park logo. Yeah. My friend Gavin had that. And when he was driving us to school, uh, you know, to to community college, that would play Mm -hmm. in his car a lot. (laughs) And then I love Weird Al, though, because Weird Al formed a lot of my comic sensibilities in the 80s. Yeah. And he used to listen to Dr. Demento and all that kind of stuff. So that makes some sense, though. And what you're saying is true. He's going to introduce you to a lot of songs. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he entire genres that you mm-hmm. wouldn't even necessarily be a fan of. Then you, if you like his comedy and you like his music, you, you, might, you might enjoy another style of music. So it would make sense that, you know, a nice uh, white kid from the suburbs maybe is not listening to, to Coolio. Not that Coolio's the heaviest of yeah, rappers out there yeah. at the time, but that's going to introduce you to things. Correct. Uh, that makes sense to me. But what about other music? that it, Did there other songs that specifically you remember Weird Al taking you down that journey of where does this song come from? I mean, honestly, I'm, I'm positive that I heard Smells Like Nirvana way before my parents ever let yeah. me listen to Nirvana. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I'm also pretty sure that I feel like there was stuff, there was other stuff in off the deep end and running with scissors that were just completely out there. I'm pretty sure on Alapalooza, he covers Rico Suave. He does. I do and, remember that. Like, I mean, he, he's all over the map musically and he's doing, and then his original songs, which yeah, sometimes he, are even better than his. He had some polka on the Alapalooza. Album. Oh yeah. There's always, there's always like one polka yeah. mashup and then he'll do like one original one or two original tunes in the style of other people. Yeah. It's it. He's, he, I've, I've had the pleasure of meeting him a couple times and, and interviewing him and he's really, really a comedic genius, yeah. but he's also a musical savant. Yeah. In, in, in a certain, he and his band are able to come up with stuff that I could never even imagine. What's his, uh, what's his drummer's name? Uh, Bermuda, Bermuda shorts. Bermuda shorts. Yeah. Yeah. He wears uh, Hawaiian shorts. shirts. Yeah. So he's <laughs> near and dear to my heart. Yeah, absolutely. One of your fashion staples there. Yeah. And weird Al, it's so great. I don't want to say that he's had, he hasn't had a comeback. He's been consistent, but there has been a new level of appreciation for weird Al in the pop culture nowadays. We're recently at an yeah. LA show and a lot of celebs are like, we're going to weird Al. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, every, it, he's cool again. And yeah. he's, he was able to reinvent himself. I mean, you see, 
we mm. real quick. I mean, UHF yeah, right. is incredible. Uh, love that. <laughs> love that movie. Get the firehouse. <laughs> and uh, some of Michael Richards' best work of all time. Yep. Uh, and then he was able to really take the the MTV generation by hold in yeah. the late eighties and nineties, I and mean, even the early eighties. I mean, he was running MTV with all of his parodies for de- for decades. Decades. But then then to come in now and and take over the internet age and figure out how to do popular music videos and viral videos. Most artists would be lucky to yeah. transcend as many gen, uh, decades as he has. That's that's a great choice, and you're right too, because in this day and age, where the music video exists, I guess <laughs> it's it is something. I mean, unless you're Donald Glover, I don't think anyone sees it. That's an excellent point. Yeah, I mean that this is America. This video comes out, takes the world by storm with good reason, and it reminded me of some of the when like Michael Jackson's videos would premiere on like ABC primetime primetime yeah with Macaulay Culkin (laughs) that's right yeah oh that's right so Weird Al's a great choice he takes you uh, through the 90s (laughs) there's a lot of stuff there so that's a great choice that's your number five so that means my number five is garbage ooh Ooh. All right. so when I started radio all right, my Knapsack Files listeners get tired of hearing me say I'm an old radio DJ but I I am I didn't know you were in radio I didn't know you haven't heard that before never heard that story Uh, I I just blared out sometimes in my sleep at 3 in the morning (laughs) radio my first week I walked in interned 6 in the morning John Mackey Freddie B in the mornings I was working for them uh, the first single from Garbage Queer was out that that week. Wow! And I remember I was a, I was. It's funny you mentioned an oldie station. I when I finally got into popular music, as Reverend Lovejoy would say, I only thought like the oldies were the only choice I had too. It's a good choice to have it's if you only choice. have one choice. It's not bad. I was singing. I was singing. Spill the wine. Take that girl. My friend's dad was like, "How do you know that song?" <laughs> I'm like, "Well, it's." it's Eric Burden War. You don't know this. <laughs> um, so I get where you're coming from, but like I slowly started to branch out, right? And YouTube, big influence and and blah, blah, blah. But they're to me banded the uh, the eighties, though the nineties that dominated as well. And it was I walked in, it was like that sound of of Shirley Manson's vocals, Butch Vig, Steve Marker, Duke Erickson, and I'm like, oh, this is something I'm I'm into my my life has started. My adulthood <laughs> has started. Yeah. And I just absolutely love that album. And they they followed up with some great stuff. And it tapers off like a lot of bands I'm sure we'll talk about. You have the big explosion and then boom, things kind of taper off. But it doesn't mean the quality tapers off all the time. Uh, and they're one of those bands I stuck with still. Still am. Yeah. Uh, I, big, I, I don't know en- enough about their back catalog. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I Obviously, their radio hits have always stuck with me. But uh, right. her voice, more than anything else, she, is incredible. She was, I mean sassy violent redhead yeah. i mean that's something that's a type for me and <laughs> people used to joke uh with i used to have like uh, i used to do the news the music news and the sports news and i had a clipboard and i had a cutout picture of shirley Manson on the back because my crush on her was so big none of what you're saying surprises me <laughs> in the slightest wait a minute so garbage still there that album uh the the, the number one crush song um, um they do a great cover of the vic chestnut uh uh god I'm, it's been a long time uh they cover one of his songs on a, on a charity album okay that's spectacular because it's her vocals but interesting of course butch vig this producer yeah nirvana freedy johnston another one of my favorite solo artists and it's, eh, it's time for me to do a band Hey. You know, I like that. So that's my number five, garbage. Uh, that means we've got number four from you, sir. Uh, well, number four for me, uh, going a little heavier. Uh, band, it. band, band, I, band I, I've that changed their tune here and there throughout the years. Uh, the Offspring. Yes, I I first got into the Offspring in the Smash era mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. with uh, you know the, the some angrier stuff like uh, yeah, uh, yeah. The, the dry the driving song. Uh, what the what is the name of the driving song? Um, <laughs> I'm actually typing it up here right yeah. now. Yeah, I got Spotify going. But yes, uh, I was in Japan a couple weeks ago, and they in a vintage store. Uh, vintage clothing store. They had the offspring tour shirt from that era. And if it wasn't like 90 bucks, I probably would have bought it. Yeah. The back of it said, can we swear on the show? I yes, you can. Uh, it, it, it had their famous line of, uh, uh, you, you, uh, goddamn dumb shit. Yeah. Uh, God, or yeah. dumb, Dumb shit, goddamn motherfucker! There's there's a lot of, there's a lot of there's a lot there's of curses a lot in there. A lot of words. There's a there. lot of curses in there. But when I was you know when I was uh, 
a young kid right. uh, listening to CDs and not telling my parents what I was listening to. It was very fun to, to, to kind of sing along to those, those angry things. And then, and then they came around after kind of being in the underground for yeah. a little while with that smash hit pardon the pun, yeah. uh, for uh, pretty fly, like a white guy, yes. which I, I mean, I don't think anyone saw that coming from this band that they would just go completely commercial. Americana is not the most commercial record, right? And that's 98. Yeah. A little later, but that, uh, but that song just kind of was ubiquitous. It, yeah. Yeah. It was one of those everywhere, uh, everywhere. And I was just, and again, like I, I left, I moved to LA in 98. So I, I was out of the the radio days where, you know, you just knew every single that came through every and everything. Time. And that yeah. was one of my last memories was, was pretty fly for a white guy. Just kind of being there. Uh, it, it, stay on the ombre, their 97 album. Yeah. Got a lot of airtime back in that day. Um, but yeah, smash 94. That was prime time, man. Bad habit. Got to get away. Bad habit. That's the driving yep. song that I was thinking of. Come out and play yep. self-esteem. Yep. Yeah. I'm glad you put that on there because that's something that I, I wouldn't have thought to put on. Cause I, I go to, a, I go to a little more jingy, jingly, jangly <laughs> rock and roll, yeah. a little more three chords on the truth. And here's some old school kind of punk sound with a new, new kick to it. Yeah. Uh, and gosh, I remember the, the logo, the logo, the offspring logo was everywhere during that time. Stickers, skate shops, skate, skate shops all over. Yeah. It was, it was, it was the cool, the cool hip place to be. I, I they're actually, I think they're, probably still touring. I don't know why, but, uh, they, they, you know, they, they, they had, they had this little corner of the mid nineties. Yep. They kind of, it's a great way to say it. They had that corner and, uh, yeah, it's so funny. And in researching the, the list today, you know, getting on Spotify and kind of having fun poking around at the, all oh, the music all at your fingertips here nowadays. Oh, kids these days with their fancy MP3 players. Uh, it's amazing that some of these bands I'm like, Oh, they, they didn't. I knew they recorded a 2002 album, but in 2015 they released they're, they're an album. Still, they're still doing it. <laughs> it's great. So yeah, Offspring. That corner. Did you ever catch them live? Uh, I don't think I've ever seen the Offspring live. Mm. Uh, it was 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 a very late bloomer in the concert world as a kid. Me too. Uh, yeah, my my first concert was James Taylor. Uh, I've seen him a couple times. Uh, he's very, very great live. I, I love I, James. I, I love James Taylor. He's my father's favorite artist. And, yeah. and we, we, we had a family road trip to go see him. Uh, but I uh, my first concert was Debbie Boone. So I, I know what okay. you're talking about. Okay. Yeah. 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 You, 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 you understand. You, understand. <laughs> you led up my life there. Uh, but uh, yeah. So I it, it didn't see a lot of my loves in the 90s live until much later, which yeah. some of them aren't, uh, they don't have the same luster as they yeah. did. Yeah. Yeah. Look, there's definitely a peak for some bands. Some bands yeah. magically keep going. Um, and the offspring again, their, their corner of the nineties was powerful. So great choice. Uh, your number four is offspring. My number four is semi-sonic. Oh, now if I was making a Ken's list of top 10 bands, they're higher up than maybe even some of the, the, the other choices I might have. Um, but Semisonic had a little corner, but it was a small corner. And yeah. then, you know, the the uh, second album comes out, and that's where Closing Time hits, and that's what they're remembered for. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we play, that's the, that's the last song the band plays at every show. Uh, it has to be. It has to be. Uh, and and, and uh, with a lot of, you know, one hit, big hit type of singles, there comes to a point where people start to hate the song, hate the song. But one of my friends, Chris, uh, he, he was a, a bartender for a long time at San Francisco. And he said, no, no, we used to play that at the end of the night. And it was the best way to close down the bar. Cause people got happy exactly. as they got pushed out. Mm-hmm. But semi-sonic came around, uh, out of a band called trip Shakespeare. And in 1996, they released an album, uh, called great divide. And it is kind of tells a little story of a relationship track by track. Uh, songs like F and T, if I run delicious down in flames, down in flames, one of my favorite songs of all time, uh, in another life. And they had a pleasure, e- something called the pleasure EP before that. And from there, it was this great little band, and A&R guys kept trying to push it on us. Like, you got to save this band. They're going to be cut from the label, because that used to be, you know, yeah, a worry. Yeah, that, th- that was the thing. In 96, there's a great article. I don't know if you ever read it. I should dig it up or look it up yourself there on the old internet. I think it was, it was I can't remember who wrote it. But it was like 1996 was the best year uh, for music and the end of music, in a way. Interesting. If like the, the music industry, industry shifting, so, yes. shifting so much? And... Again, prime time. That's my era. Yes, it did. Like, because everything kind of after that wasn't as good as it was. Uh, bands, you know, some on my list still yet to come. Had oh, they're the biggest band in the world, and suddenly 
by 98 they're not right and technology's changed and mtv's starting to change and it just music just kind of ate itself up so semisonic was right there during that time in 96 and then they follow up with feeling strangely uh, feeling strangely fine and closing time their 2001 album, which wouldn't count on list, All About Chemistry, has got some great stuff on it. By by then, though, they sung One True Love with Carole King, which is great. And then they kind of fade away for a little bit. But Dan Wilson ends up becoming a producer-songwriter, wrote some of Adele's biggest hits. That's, you know, that's, that's how it that's goes. Crazy. See, I, and I, knew no, I knew nothing of this. I only knew of Closing Time. I knew knew them as the one-hit wonder right. without, any, without any story in history. And I... I had no no recollection that they were as uh, as influential as as, as they were. I'm telling you, if you even have even a little bit of a love for closing time, if there's part of you that's like, I the hook gets me, the Bob Rock pause in the hook. Uh, go go check out their first album, Great Divide. It is some songwriting master mastery, and I love that band. It, it was one of those band, great bands that never were. Yeah which there's a lot scattered along the rock and roll lifestyle uh, out there. Uh, and that is definitely one there. So closing time might get you into the bar, but there's other things to listen to. That's why Semisonic is my number four, which brings us to your number three. Well, my number three, I uh, briefly mentioned them earlier. Uh, very, very influential band for me. And that's Weezer. Ooh, yeah. I, I, I love... Almost made my list, and almost, I'm glad they yeah, didn't. Yeah. But I'm glad that it's on yours. It's, it, it, they, they, they've had a special place in my heart for a very, very long time. Yeah. Uh, the Blue Album, I distinctly remember getting the Blue Album mm-hmm. and sitting in the parking lot of Sears while my mother was doing a return. <laughs> Sears and Roebuck? Sears and Roebuck <laughs> and company. Uh, and she, she had to go in the mall for, to run some errands. And I said, no, I just got this new CD. I'm going to listen to this in the car, yeah. pop it in. And, and it just, I mean, it just hits you from the beginning. You, even if you, I, I really only knew Buddy Holly at that right. point, but then my name is Jonas starts up and just every song on that, on that record, R- Rico Kasich produced that record. Yes. Yes. And it is just, Ours. it is pop rock mastery. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they, and then they, in the nineties, the only other thing they did to follow it up. And the reason they're not higher on my list mm-hmm. is the masterpiece that is Pinkerton. Yes. Pinkerton is, is easily one of my favorite nineties records of all time. If not one of the top nineties records of all time on, yeah. on a lot of people's lists. And it's such a departure. Yeah, it is. I mean, there's a lot of backstory with that and all of rivers, mm-hmm. rivers, Cuomo's, uh, issues and, an and his, life. <laughs> his, his, uh, his soul searching and, and going to college and, yep. and dropping out and falling in love and all that other stuff. Uh, it's like so many rock stars do, but, yeah. uh, to, to put, if you're only going to put out two records mm-hmm. in, in an entire decade to be able to put out that many hits and that many lasting songs. Uh, and then they're actually able to, I mean, they're still touring and producing vi- big hit music and, and, and touring yep. all over the world, big, uh, b- big festivals and concerts. And they're still a viable band 20, 20 plus years later. Absolutely. But, uh, but the blue album, I think, and Pinkerton in very different ways, are two of my favorite records of that of the entire decade. It's it's great choice and Pink uh, Pink Triangle on Pinkerton's one yeah. of my favorite Weezer songs. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, falling in love with a lesbian. Yeah, it's a great we've, little rock. Song. We've all been there. It actually happened to me yeah. at Chili's. For yeah. a while. She was a waitress <laughs> at Chili's in the early two thousands, and my 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 roommate Joel at the time, who was in a pop pop punk band at the time, Blink uh, Blink One Eight Two kind of inspired band called Eight One Eight. He like came and he's like, "Have you heard this song, Pink Triangle? This might help you." Like, uh, and it made sense. But Weezer, the Weezer, the Blue Album. Um, yeah. There's also the Green Album, which was their kind of comeback album. Yes, love the great. Green Album. That was 2001. 2001. Blue Album. I'm telling you, it's one of those albums that changed music. Yeah. It, it on a dime, you felt something change. Nerd Rock was kind of this thing now. Yep. We had had Nirvana and Pearl Jam and Stone Temple Pilots and Soundgarden, all that kind of stuff. Great bands, historic bands. But along comes Weezer, and it it was another another shift in the '90s music. Yeah, it was groundbreaking, and they kept going. Yeah, and, and different. Yeah, you're at Rivers. He's an interesting follow on Twitter. Yes, he is. A um, lot of changes, but yeah, that Green album's really good. Maladroite from 2002 is actually pretty good too. Yeah, I, I, I don't dislike the Red album either. I I, no. I I hear there. I was I was talking to some friends over the weekend, and and there's apparently they're talking about 
uh, finally releasing the Weezer Black album. Which oh, appara- really? Which is apparently going to be some B-sides from other records and re- re- remastered stuff that they've been kind of tooling around with for a very long time that, okay. the, die- that the diehard fans yeah. have been clamoring for, as it were. Uh, the Pinkerton oh. Deluxe record, uh-huh. uh, which has a lot of a, a lot of B sides and first recordings, uh, demos of some of the Pinkerton mm. stuff, is is worth listening if you if you appreciate the the Pinkerton record, which was obviously commercially not <laughs> it was an acquired taste. It, I'll tell you what it was. Pinkerton was the last Jedi of Weezer albums. <laughs> it came out, and yeah. a lot of people went, "What the hell Hashtag is this?" Not my Weezer. Not my Weezer. Yeah, and you had to stop and think about it a bit. Yeah, it's 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 a mind it's a mind bender. But it, they're both they're both very different, but very yeah. powerful records with with great standalone songs. Oh yeah, I think I think the Blue Album is one of the best albums of all time, track yeah. to track. Yeah, what a punch! Yeah, it isn't just Buddy Holly, right? Undone the sweater song, and you know the, there was a, a CD that came out about ninety five, ninety six called it was just DGC Rarities, which was a record label. Yes, and that is where I first heard their track Jamie, mm-hmm. which is I think about their their A and R kind of rec- or lawyer or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and that was actually one of my favorite Weezer, Weezer songs. Yeah. It's it's great. Yeah, undone. Undone is I can't sing at all, but undone. Un, <laughs> the manage bands. The spoken word. Spar, uh, the spoken word intro to undone is the one part uh, that the band lets me perform on stage. Uh, I, I sometimes really? I sometimes get the words right. Uh, not always, but depends, hey, depends on how depends on how many drinks into the show d- I am. Depends but, on when the set is. You know, yeah, you know yeah. late, how 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 the audience has been drinking. Yeah, that's a great number three. Weezer, Weezer, Weezer. So glad it's on the list. So my number three is. Talk about little corners. It is the cranberries. Oh, I thought you were going to go with the cranberries. As soon as I heard garbage, it's like cranberries are going to be on his list. And that's you, a good thing. It's a good thing indeed. I hope so. Dolores O'Riordan just recently passed away. Yes. Heartbreaking. Far too young. Um, talented uh, front person of this band. Talented singer. Uh, but man, you you talk about... You talk about like bands of their time and bands that have their sound that just kind of is part of music. Uh, and and when I think of, if you say, what, 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 you picture 1994 in your brain, Linger is probably playing. Yep. Uh, Dreams is probably playing, but it is that second album that comes on out, which is the the uh, white uh, the white album, so to speak. Uh, but it's no need to argue. Uh, they love they they too love their color coded. Uh, <laughs> album covers no need to argue 94 zombie comes out changes their image in a in a heartbeat with that single and then ode to my family uh disappointment ridiculous thoughts uh these are they went deeper and that was hard you know again boom you big single you hit you change the world you change your world right start getting more money in and then she got serious i mean zombies serious song about what's going on in ireland and with the history of a lot of the problems over there and they come back and they fall off. And again, we talk about it. Ninety eights when things start changing, but ninety six they come back with two to the faithful departed. And uh, salvation was the single. It was keeping more in the zombie thing. And they changed. They had this there always seemed to be this little battle between the band that did dreams and linger and the band that did zombie. And which one were they at times? But uh, that album's got some some songs on it too that I think people uh, should should not overlook. And they they kept going. They had more albums coming out. They broke up. They did the thing for a little bit. They had a long career until uh, she passed away, and, and we're still going strong. But I can't deny it. Cranberries were on my mind a lot during that time. Yeah, yeah. You, you had a thing for the uh, the enigmatic female lead singers, <sighs> I think. It might have been a thing. Yeah, yeah. That, and then, and uh, that's a great thing. She, yeah. was, she was a magnificent voice, and, yeah. and they put out, I mean, mm-hmm. songs that have stood the test of time. The, and, and it's like I've been in bars when, like, something comes on and, like, Tables start singing along. It's one of those yeah. type of things. Oh yeah, know? everyone everyone can sing along to to linger. And, yeah, yeah. And, and and that second album when when uh, it, it comes out, no need to argue. It was you know again when you're there in the midst of it, it was this great anticipation. What are the cranberries going to do right. next? Right. You know, which was a lot. And it's, sh- it's a short window for a lot of pop culture. <laughs> uh, things move on. That's why, you know, uh, testament to the bands that keep going strong and stay at the top of the charts. That ain't easy to do. So that is my number three. You don't have to let it linger. It's the cranberries. And now we're at your number two. Wow. We're already at number two. All right. Smooth. So my number two, a um, little bit softer now. Uh, we're going with <laughs> going with the Counting Crows. Great! I I I am a massive Counting Crows fan. Uh, one of my best friends in the world turned me on to them uh, towards the late '90s, and right. the f- 
not being able to, uh, to go and purchase all of their catalog, uh, I picked up the live album, the double live record that they put out in the, in the late nineties called across a wire. Yeah. And it's a brilliant live album because they'd only, they'd only done two out two records, the mm-hmm. August and everything after, which is one of my favorite records of the nineties. Uh, yep. very, very soft. It's, it's the one that I put on every time I got broken up with. Uh, and it's, <laughs> and it's the, and it's the song that I, it's the record I put on, put on every time I fell in love with the next girl. Right. So, and then there was recovering the satellites, which was louder and heavier and dirtier, yeah. uh, and, and two kind of different sounds. So, this live record they put out was one disc was VH1 storytellers. Oh yeah. And the other disc was MTV's live at the 10 spot. And one was an acoustic show and one was an electric show. And they played some of the same songs on each, each set, but they were two very different sounds. And I would listen to this constantly and it, it just made me fall in love with their music and their mu- and their musical styles, Adam Duritz and his weird voice and his yep. very strange ideas and, and, and troubled past. And, and then to listen to those two records and then they ended the decade with this desert life, mm. which has Mrs. Lo- uh, Mrs. Potter's lullaby, which is one of my favorite songs. Yeah, yeah, of theirs. Underrated. And, and so they, they, they had, they had hit so many touchstones for me throughout the whole, throughout the whole nineties, their, their career. They, they didn't, last as long as I would have liked them to. I think by the time I saw them live, it was probably the early two thousands and they were in between records and you know, they're, they're later stuff. They have that, catchy cover on uh, the Shrek soundtrack. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. They did, uh, (laughs) they, (laughs) yes. Which one did they do? They did, uh, the, the, the monkeys. Um, yes. I thought love was only true and fair, right? Yes. Uh, why are both of us blanking on the because we're, name we're of that older. song? We're older. Than, uh, uh, yeah. You, you have trouble remembering yeah. songs. Uh, um, yeah. Um, yes. And I thought there was going to be a little bit of, you know, like that weird kind of pop culture resurgence when they came on out with that. Yeah. And, and you know, they put out a couple records in the 2000s. Uh, Hard Candy is an interesting interesting one. I distinctly remember it came out in 2002 and mm. I was uh, I was working at summer camp that, that, that year. And... Uh, took my t- scheduled my day off. You got one day off every uh, d- during every two week session. Right. And I scheduled my day off on the release date of the record so that I could pick it up and bring it back. And I was the only one, I was the only one of the counselors that had a copy <laughs> of the new counting crows album. Uh, and it was a little on un- a little underwhelming, but, uh, yeah, I, I, I have a very, very long and storied history with them, uh, as a band and, and, Oh, I, I'll tell you what, here's the thing. Um, you know, it's funny, like if, if, if you talk about eighties music and I, sure. I have, I have my friend Jay Arrett, who's been on the knapsack files, particularly in the early days we do music episodes and he's this music file. And this, I mean, his, his decade was the mid eighties, right? That was uh-huh. his time period. And so some of his favorite bands, I'll be like, Oh yeah, I kind of remember them. And he's like, Oh dude, they were like everywhere. Yeah. And I think that counting crows are part of that thing for the nineties where it's like, you might look back now and think it's a cute little song you hear on the radio. Adam Duritz was one of the rock stars of that time. Yes. Remember when he did Courtney Cox, Courtney Cox. I mean, like, his, he was dating friends. He, he, he was, he was a friend when no one else was. <laughs> and yeah, I mean, he, he was a, he was a true music superstar. Yeah. Rocking that crazy, that crazy Air. dreaded fro. Yeah. And, 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 but he was able to, he was able to segue. What I always loved about them is that they do the soft, quiet piano songs and then they do the heavier, the heavier full band rocky kind of kind of numbers they both had the same amount of pain and emotion in them but they 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 decided to go with musically do them in two very different ways yeah and and yeah and then and this this desert life was actually um produced by a guy that is from my my hometown david lowry who was uh part of cracker Another oh, big crackers. No, he was the front man of Cracker and Camper Van Beethoven. Yes. Uh two two great Euro 90s. Trash Girls, man. Yeah. That's a great song. Yeah. Two very uh great, great uh 90s bands if you've never heard of yes, them. Yes, Cracker. Yeah. Their cover of Shake Some Action on the Clueless soundtrack is spectacular. <laughs> <laughs> Telling you. Wow, I yeah. didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. He produ- he produced that record uh, and uh and because he lived in our hometown, eventually my high school buddies that had a band mm. got to do a record with him. And the only wow. thing I ever wanted to talk to him about was, was working with the Canicross. Uh, uh, and, as and, 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 and then camper and camper, uh, and <laughs> camper and cracker 
as many as many stories as we could hear. Um, If I was smarter, Cracker would be on my list too. I totally forgot about Cracker. Yeah, they're they were great. Uh, The final thought for me on Counting Crows, I'll tell you what you mentioned their their softer stuff. I'm a long December. Mm-hmm. Hit me when that came out. Yeah, I I remember saying on the radio like this is the let it be of our time. <laughs> All right. I, yeah, yeah. That the sounds like something. That sounds like something a radio Brian DJ Lee would say yes. in uh, in 1996. <laughs> Coming up next on KB 95, it's the it's the let it be of our time. A long December. Gosh, I love that song. It hit me. It hit me in a spot. I don't care if it's an overplayed radio single. And they are the type of band that you never know with that voice. You never know. He could have all of a sudden, boom, pop up in 2020 with a, a great ballad. That yeah, it, it could happen. It could happen. And and Long December was on their second record. Yes. It was on Recovering the Satellites, which was the harder record. And then it ended with this symphonic, quiet, kind of uh, introspective song, yeah. uh, which, which I, yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, gosh. No, it's, that, is, that is a Hall of Fame song for you. Now that the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is putting songs in the Hall of Fame. They're doing that now? They're doing that now. That seems strange, but I'll, I'll go with it. I'll go with it's it. It's weird, but yeah. I think even putting bands in Hall of Fame is just weird, well, too, and that's it's weird. Fair. That's fair. So my number two, and then we're going to go to some honorable mentions here, but my number two, kind of on the strength of one album, though they did have a second album in the generation, I think they helped define the era for good, and some might say later on for bad. I know my old program director would, but they, and I had the chance of, of meeting them, and they were the nicest guys in the world. And for me, and my number two favorite band in the 90s, Gin Blossoms. Wow. Gin Blossoms. Gin baby. Blossoms. I was not, I did you not see that coming. That. I did not no see that coming. No one expected the Gin Blossoms Inquisition. <laughs> I think, I think what they did, and, the, you know, there was. Things changed during that first and second album. It was some behind-the-scenes stuff. Uh, what's his name? Uh, the late Doug Hopkins is that his name? He was their kind of lead songwriter. He killed himself. Like a lot of things have ha- a lot of things happened. There's the stories between that album. But I think that first album that comes on out what uh, 1993 New Miserable no 92 according to my records here New Miserable Experience. Hey, Jealousy, Until I Fall Away, Hold Me Down, uh, Allison Road are just some of the singles yeah. that that were everywhere. They were in your brain. And the 29 uh, Pieces of the Night, the Cajun song are also there as well. Until I Fall Away it could be a, a top five uh, song, depending on my mood. <laughs> um, and I think just that album alone, that it, it, it was this out of the gate legacy that carried them longer, maybe even longer than they deserved. I don't know. You know, they fa- they faded off, and then when the, when the problems getting that second album out was was a problem. Ninety six again. We'll talk about that era, that There's year. Something about that year. That year. That second record. Second record. Congratulations. I'm sorry. Comes out, and I, I think "Follow You Down" is a great uh, single. And then they had uh, they had the, um, the what was the, the on the, one of the soundtracks on Empire Records. Oh, I, I didn't ask. You should have told Empire me. Um, Empire Records is a great mid '90s movie. Absolutely. Uh, that song. That song comes out. And I'm drawing a blank on it. I, I apologize. I, I thought I had it written down. Um, uh, till I hear from you. Till I hear from you. Boom. Love that song. Yeah. But I remember Clear's Day, John. If you're listening, I don't know, he he was a, he's a Springsteen head, um, and I love Bruce some Bruce Juice in the mornings. He used to say it was like six twenty five. He plays in the morning and he plays that song uh, um, till I hear from you. And he turns to me and he's like, "This band just keep keeps getting wussier all the time." And <laughs> like in his mind, <laughs> it fallen over. Yeah, and I understand it. But I saw them. I saw them. Uh, you know, get to go backstage during the time they played one of our shows when I was working for K Bear. Uh, Robin Wilson, Jesse Valenzuela, the lead guitarist, couldn't have been two. Then and, and here I am, like I'm like rock stars, man. Let's go hang out in my hometown of San Luis Obispo. And the manager was like, Oh no, they're going back to their hotel rooms. They're kind of tired. <laughs> yeah, like, what? Rock and roll, baby. It's but it's it's San Luis Obispo. Yeah, yeah. All restaurants close at nine thirty now. <laughs> but I yeah. It's 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 big in my life, Jim Blossoms. Yeah, I I completely understand that. They, I I I will agree with you. They did go a little softer. If, it wasn't full Goo Goo Dolls, but it was yes. But it was it was that transition of the 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 more ballad like mm-hmm. we can go. That there was that whole movement of yes, Jim Blossoms and the Breakfast at Tiffany's. Yes, and yes, like yes. All like little toe the wet sprocket a little bit yeah, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that those early mid nineties. Yeah. Uh, uh, songs that were just they weren't they weren't pop 
but they yeah. definitely weren't rock and they were somewhere in the middle. It was, that's why when I look at like Weezer and, yeah. and nerd rock, nerd rock, it's its own genre in a way, but, but Weezer and I, and I think Jim Blossom's here cause they, they didn't have necessarily quote harder stuff. They weren't Soundgarden. They weren't, they weren't STP. I know that, but you're right. What happened is people got airplay, I think. Yeah. And you yeah. want to go for those three chords and the jingle and, and the jangle and it doesn't, it, it, I think in, in some way, and I don't know the inside story, but it's like almost like Jim Blossom's tried to be Jim Blossom's. Right. And a lot of those other bands absolutely tried to, let's do the jingle jangle. Yeah. It's triple A adult oriented album rock and all this stuff. Yeah. Get on the adult contemporary yep. charts. And before I, you know it, you have sister Hazel. Yes. Exactly. Which are not on my list. Nope. They didn't, they didn't make, they didn't make my cut either. Yeah. Though I will still sing along to that song whenever I hear it on the yeah. radio. Uh, da, 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 da. Yeah. It's in my head. Yeah. Back of my head. Yeah. Uh, but see, that's something I go back to the cranberries where I think they had their sound and then they changed it. And then there was always this kind of battle, but I, uh, they may have suffered by trying to go against what they works the expectation was right, right. where jim blossoms leaned into it and made yes, a little bit too yes, much they did. but you can't take away that first album from them 1992's new miserable experience so that's my number two but let's pause for a moment here and go a little bit into some honorable mentions this could be a 45 minute show on its own but i want to hear some of the other ones that almost made your cut all right well so a lot of the ones that almost but didn't make my cut are more um emotional connections than say musical uh power as it were, get it. Um, because that's what music is all about. I mean, yep. it's, it's all about the memory of, of when you first heard that song. I mean, I can't tell you the number of times driving around with my parents and my a song would come on the radio and my father would call out the name of a high school girlfriend that he like <laughs> remembered. Just yeah. Just call it out. Cheryl. Like, like, Oh, I remember that. I remember that song from the dance in 1971 <laughs> and my mother would give him a dirty look and then we'd keep, driving. keep driving. But, uh, yeah. So, so, when I first moved away from the oldies station, yes. my buddies were all into hard rock. Got so it. I was, it was, it was like 96, 97. We were listening to Metallica and rage and oh, uh, yeah. the, the, the heavier smashing pumpkins and mm-hmm. uh, 16 stone had just come out by Bush, oh, Bush, Bush. And so we, we were into, we were into that stuff. They all had long hair and I couldn't grow <laughs> long hair. And like silver so. chair was the, Oh, other silver chair, silver chair, silver yeah. chair was a big, Daniel big Jones, hit. Yeah. yeah. And then my, my first CD was third eye blinds self-titled album. Oh yeah. Which I, I still really appreciate that first record. It's a pretty solid mid nineties Rocky esque. They're also writing hit singles all time. Hall of fame hit singles about like drug use, serious stuff. Meth use before meth was cool. Thanks to breaking bad. (laughs) They were, they were singing about meth. Yeah. Like, explaining all the dark sides of it. And, yeah. and everyone was like, Oh, this is and every, got a really catching beat. And, and there's a line about little red panties. They pass the test and everyone giggles forgetting yeah. this is song. That's just bad stuff. It's, it's not good. And, and, and the only reason I got it for Christmas that year was because yeah. the person at the record store told my mom that it didn't have any dirty words and he straight up lied to her. Uh, and Did he give you a wink. Is he, yeah, he must've, he, he must've, he must've warehouse uh, counter. Yeah. Tower but, records counter. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, plant plan nine was our local record store. I think I they're still know, around. I think they're still around. Um, but yeah, I mean stuff like stuff like Everclear. I was a big yeah. Ever, big Everclear fan back in the day. Uh, they didn't really stand the test of time, but they're close. Um, Everclear some, uh, with uh, Santa Monica. Watch the world. Die. Sa- Santa Monica is a great song, and and uh, so much for the Afterglow is a really yeah. good record. That was I think ninety seven. I, yeah, I think Santa Monica, Watch World, I think is one of the best all time radio songs. Yeah, that is, yeah. is a perfect perfect radio song. Also about kicking a drug yeah. habit. Yep. Um, and then uh, some guilty pleasures. Mm. Uh, always always really appreciated Blink One Eighty Two. Dude Ranch yeah. was huge uh, yeah. when I was coming out. They they kind of went a little bit more commercial by the time Enemy of the State came out. Yeah, but Dude Ranch and Cheshire Cat was where the, what the real fans were listening to <laughs> uh, their first record. Uh, but uh, the, the 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 number one guilty mm. pleasure second uh, second story kind of mm. thing mm. that I I hate to admit it, but the Dave Matthews Band. Bam. Bam, bam, bam. From my home state of Virginia, you got, do you got sandals on? Uh, I'm not wearing. I'm not wearing. <laughs> I'm not wearing my Birkenstocks, uh, though. I, I've been known to wear some Birkenstocks in my, in my day. Yeah. They're they're from my hometown. Uh, they put on a good live show, right. and and when when I was when I was a wee kid going to going to summer camp. Mm. and idolizing the 17 or 18 year old counselors, uh, especially, especially, especially the ones that I had crushes on. Uh, they were big into the beastie boys and the Dave Matthews band. So those were my two go-tos for a very long time. And they, they, you, 
a lot of people hate them, but live at Red Rocks and live from Luther College yep. with uh, with a little little picking and grinning with uh, Tim, yeah, uh, Dave yep. and Tim, Dave and Tim. I I, I, I really okay. enjoy them. I really I, enjoy them. After a while, I I just didn't connect to them past something, but like Crash Into Me, yeah. One it's of my favorite songs. Solid, solid radio song. Under the Table and Dreaming in general is a pretty good record with Ants, oh, yeah. ants Marching and all that other yeah, stuff. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah. Again, they, if it's, it's one of the things that's of the time. Yeah. Time might might dampen the effect of that album. It was it was a blast out of the, the shotgun barrel of like, who is this band? Right. And what is the sound? It, yeah. it didn't sound like much of anything else. It was, mm-hmm. it was a commercial version of of the music like fish yes. and, and that era of the, the roots rock stuff that was, that was not getting radio play anywhere. Right. And right. then this came out and it was everywhere. Cause like, like, like Hootie and the Blowfish was ever, and I don't have a problem with Hootie, but I just didn't connect to it too. But I it was, want to be yeah, you. yeah. And it was Derry. Hey, and Darius Rucker's made a great career change and, 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 and it's a great artist, but it was like Dave Matthews band was like, yeah, that's that jangly stuff. Yeah. Here's, we got something going on here. And I don't mean to disparage Hootie and the Blowfish at all, but like, yeah, it, it meant something that album came out it was yeah. it was an old time you were doing you were doing radio in cool cool southern california i yeah. was i was off in ah. i was over in virginia and that's how we, that's how we got down so we, we got put it. on we put on our sandals and our jeans and you know did a little did a little stupid dance on stage i love it um Great all right I've, uh, got, I've got some serious ones that i really are almost yeah. made the cut but i want to hear some of your uh perfect some of your perfect good producing there um cake oh i love cake Cake was one of the ones that didn't. And I like the band Cake. And I'm like, yeah, hey, all right. Cake was, all right, so The Distance and their cover of I Will Survive, Short Skirt, Long Jacket, which actually wasn't a 90s song. No, uh, uh, was the theme song to uh, Chuck? Chuck, yes, with no lyrics. And I was like, yeah, I'm, a, I'm, in, I'm in on this I'm show. That and Yvonne Strahuski. I was like, I'm definitely in on this show. Um, I'll take Cake was one of those ones that I still even, even plugged into the scene, had to be like, Given a mixtape with them on was like, oh, what's this? Because they weren't huh. getting a lot of airtime. Sure. Before the distance. Yeah. And then you discover, and they're they got a style, and you might not buy into that style. And, and at times I didn't. At times I didn't. But there was not a comical, but more whimsical at times. Yeah, yeah. They're a little they're tongue in cheek. Tongue in cheek. Um, and but but I will survive. Their cover of I will survive is so damn good. It, it, it's very very good. So cakes on my list fashion, there. Fashion nuggets a fun yes. fun record. Uh, I have to have to put Spin Doctors down. Yep. Here's why I have to put it. You know the first non Beatles album I ever purchased. It was Spin Doctors. Not pocket full of kryptonite. No, no, Thad. No, no. It was the second album. The the which is so racked in my brain now. I can't even remember the title now. The second album, which has uh, "You Let Your Heart Go Too Fast" on, which actually I think is one of their better songs. Okay, okay. Um, so that is let me scroll. Oh, turn it upside down. How could I forget that? 1994's "Turn It Upside Down." Not a lot of great songs on that. I mean, unless you like "Big Big Fat Funky Booty," it was a great number one track on that song. <laughs> Uh, on that album. Um, but interesting in, in a uh, side note, turn it upside down their 1994 album. You let your heart go too fast. Chris Barron's vocals. I love it. I could still Chris, uh, uh, Eric, uh, Aaron Combs on drums. Uh, Eric White, I think was the name of the bass player. Anyways, uh, there was a song in there called someday all this will be road. And it's about like the song kind of is like, Hey, this dirt roads now a freeway and our, you know, the, the, prog- prog- it was a positive view on progressions and progress. It was kind of about the information superhighway. And I remember reading about this. thing called the internet. The internet. And my radio station had their, our first like dial up, kbar95.com slash geocities. And it was like, Chris Barron was like, oh no, this internet thing's going to be, it's the future. And they had this song about it. (laughs) And I got to give him some credit. But um, yeah, yeah, Pocketful Kryptonite, 1991, early, uh, early high school years for me. Two Princes, it's an all-time single for me. Little Miss Can't Be Wrong. But they're on there as well. I would be, wouldn't wouldn't be honest if I didn't include the spin doctor. That's fair. Uh, A couple other ones that I want to go back to your important ones there. Uh, The Verve. Bittersweet Symphony, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Try on the same same album, a song called "Drugs Don't Work," which is a song about a, an older couple. It's not necessarily true, but. And, right? But it's a, it's actually it's about uh, an older couple, and the wife is dying, and her drugs to keep her alive aren't working anymore, and the husband's singing to her one last time. It is oh, one of the best song of the. Didn't 90s. see that coming at all. Swerve, yeah. and uh, Richard Ashcroft is great. Uh, I got to put uh, the refreshments on there. Okay, I love the Wallflowers. Yeah, love the wallflowers. One headlight was playing when you came over tonight. Yeah, uh, tonic. 
Ooh. underrated album. Tonic, that is, first, tonic is a little underrated. If, if you could only see, might make a list of my top 30 songs of the 90s. Uh, I, I won't put Goo Goo, Goo Goo Dolls on there, but I have to give them some credit for what they did at that time. Yeah, that's very true. And talk about, I'm a replacements fan. All right, the Mats the greatest band that never was talking about bands and they, it always bugged me and it bugged Paul Westerberg still to this day that Johnny Resnick and the Goo Goo Dolls kind of took their style and then made it popular and the Mats could never get over the hump, even yeah. though they're one of the, they're one of the classic bands of the eighties. Um, but I got that first, that first big album, Boy Named Goo, name is on there. Name is what broke them. And that's, they did what you just described earlier. Yeah. Oh, that worked. We'll go this way. Exactly. And then, some, then they were on the City of Angels soundtrack in 97. With, with Iris. But that name is just almost like a B-side that made an album, yeah. made it to an album. The rest of the songs, Harder Edge, kind of radio rock. I got to give them credit. It was good stuff. Uh, and the final one for me, um, and there's bands like Foo Fighters, no doubt, all that kind of stuff, but Belly. 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 Feed the Trees off their first album. King, uh, and then they, um, no, not that, that wasn't the first album. Oh gosh, Ken, you're getting old. You're getting old. You used to have all the stuff on the tip of your tongue. Uh, they, um, had feed the trees. And then there was also the second album was King in 1995. And that had super connected now sleep untitled and unsung star was their 1993 album. Tanya Donnelly was the lead singer. She eventually was joined by Gail Greenwood, who also played bass for L7 at one point. And it was it was 90s pop rock, man. But she had a great voice, loved Belly. And she went on solo career, and then Belly kind of got back together in different forms. So that is my honorable mentions, but I, I blabbed too much. I want to hear yours. No, 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 no. That's great. Um, I, th- there's, there's one or two, and Wallflowers is definitely in there. Uh, Big big fans of uh, of of the Wallflowers. They got their start uh, at the uh, at uh, Cantor's Deli's Kibitz Room. Yeah, over in Fairfax, over oh, in the yeah. Fairfax district. Yeah, uh, I mean, granted, he got a start because he's the son of <laughs> he's the son of Bob Dylan, Jacob Zimmerman. Yes, yes. yes. <laughs> uh, but uh, two big ones for me that yeah. that almost made the cut, but I didn't really listen to them much in the nineties, so I felt uh, I felt un, yeah. untrue uh, uh, putting them on my list. Fountains of Wayne. So, oh yeah! So everyone always knows Fountains of Wayne for for Stacey's mom because that was their big breakout song in two thousand three. Yep. But their first record, their ninety six self titled record, is incredible, mm-hmm. and they followed it up in ninety nine with Utopia Parkway, which is also a very entertaining record. But Radiation yes. Vibe, uh, Survival Car, Sink to the Bottom, mm-hmm. uh, She's Got a Problem. Uh, they're all they're all. It's that it's that weird kind of that post Weezer nerd nerd yes. rock, but, uh, but a little bit darker, a little bit, uh, a little bit more melodic. Yep. And then, I mean, Adam Schlesinger, they did the songs for that thing you do. Yep. He is a super, super producer and, and has written some of the biggest hits on the planet right. in, 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 in the years since then. But of course everyone knows them from that one song St- in the two thousand. Stacey's mom. Yeah. Fountains Wayne's 90. Yeah. You're right. 1996. So there was that year. Yeah. Things were different, but the new things were sneaking in there. Yeah. Uh, Radiation vibe is a great, great song. And you're right. It, they were kind of nerf herder was another band that kind of, yeah. um, is known for one thing, but also went on to do better things than some of their singles. I, I love their yeah, 2003 that I'll be talking about with Stacey's mom. Welcome Interstate Managers, which just the mundane cover yes. of managers <laughs> meeting from like another time gone by. Fantastic. Great choice. Yeah. Yeah. And then the only one that I think that we had, I don't know if it's your number one, but it's certainly very close on my list was uh, R.E.M. R.E.M. No, not my R- R.E.M. One. I mean, uh, I, th- I think I think R.E.M. I, more so than. Mm-hmm. Than any other band, I think. I mean, when you look at losing my religion and yep. Man on the Moon and Everybody Hurts, yep, uh, and just their entire records, uh, they 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 put out so many big big songs in the beginning of the '90s. Very very influential. Mm-hmm. Um, Man on the Moon obviously got later airplay again when Man on the Moon okay. the movie came out, <laughs> which has one of their great songs, The Great Beyond. The Great Beyond, yeah. which is a very good record, a yeah. uh, very good song uh, that Jim Carrey did not want any part of shooting the music video for. <laughs> but they, uh, yeah, I mean, and they, their sound and what Michael Stipe is able to do with his with his words and his voice. Uh, th- when they lost the drummer. I feel like the up yeah. was it up was the name of the Bill, record. Bill Barry. Took yeah. Off, yep. they, they, that's kind of when it stopped for me, but those, yeah. those first few, those first few albums and then going back into the eighties, uh, uh, yeah. some oh, of their yeah. other stuff is 
just in, incredible, incredible work. And, Stan, yeah, great. Yeah, and there's a theme um, song to get a life. I'll always have a special <laughs> place in my heart for that. And there was a friend of mine that did, he and his brother used to do, as a gag at parties, they used to do a pitch perfect Michael Stipe impression and they had written uh, a losing my religion parody <laughs> about the history of star Wars. Yes. And sign me up. It, it was incredible. And I, I, I wish someone had filmed it at some point because yeah. it, 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 if it, had, if they had done it today, it would have gone viral and they would have been making more money than all of us. But at the time, I don't think maybe more than 30 people ever heard it, but right. uh, you have to take my word for it. It was really good. So REM, REM, Strong, strong yeah. uh, feelings for them. They they just didn't make the cut. Yeah, and because and it might for me like you two is one of my top three favorite, sure. favorite bands. But I I just to me yeah. it, it spans just the, more than the nineties. Right. Yeah, yeah. they're eighties. Yeah, and yeah. REM got their they were known then. Yeah, built up in the nineties, and they were they were one of those super groups. Yeah. They, what's the fre- I still get what's what, the frequency Kenneth? What's all the, the frequency time? Kenneth? I was thinking about it when I walked through the door. It's a great song. Um, all right. I like that. I like the honorable mentions. Again, like I said, we could do 45 minutes on our honorable mentions. Thad and I like 90s music. Yes, we do. Uh, but let's get to uh, our list, our number ones, as I always like to do. The guest will close the show with their number one, which means we go to my number one. And it is, I thought you were going to guess it, but it is. Are you mad for it? Oasis. Oh, Oasis, Oasis, uh, Oasis, Oasis. You know what I mean? I should have, I should have guessed it. I should have guessed it. I wasn't, I, I wasn't counting ooh, cards enough. No, yes. Uh, definitely, maybe. Uh, what's the story, Morning Glory? Even Be Here Now, which was the beginning of the change in their trajectory. Uh, absolutely. I was so mad for it. It was insane. Gin and tonics. Give me gin and tonics. I even cut my long hair that went down to my belt that I cut it. I brought in the album flap, the, the insert from What's the Story Morning Glory. And I went to my hairstylist and I pointed at old Gallagher's hair and I said, that please. That's how much I love the band. Really? I... To this day, am a giant Oasis fan, and I love Noel Gallagher's stuff with High Flying Birds. I even like some of Liam's solo stuff. And I love even Oasis post-98 has some of Noel's best songwriting on some of the songs. But definitely the heart wasn't in a lot of it. I can admit yeah. that. I've seen them all through the early 2000s when they come out to L.A. Boom, I'd go. Saw Travis open for them. Uh, uh, a lot of other bands um, open up for them there. Um, I love Oasis. It is the soundtrack of me looking at the larger open world and going, can I leave my small town and get half the world away, which is a a B-side, half the world away, and then a B-side called Rocking Chair. I'm older than I used to be. This town holds no more for me. Uh, was this little simple Noel Gallagher rhyme that I was like, (laughs) yep, I don't even drink beer, but I want a pint of lager and I'm getting out of this one horse town. So Oasis across the board, love them with all of my heart. I, uh, I, I definitely remember listening to Champagne Supernova and trying to convince my mom that they had gone on television and promised that this song wasn't actually about drugs and they're against <laughs> drugs. Uh, so it'd be okay if I kept listening to it and somehow she bought it or she just ignored it. Uh, if she's listening, I, I apologize for straight up lying to your face. Uh, I know it's just terrible, 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 uh, yeah, such a liar. I, I don't think she bought it for a second, but because <laughs> if she listened to any of the lyrics, mm-hmm. but uh, th- I mean, that that record mm-hmm. is like, I don't know if there's another record like it in the 90s. It's, it's like yeah, from start to finish. From start to finish. It is a cocaine fueled, most songs average seven and a half minutes. <laughs> Uh, be here now. And there you talk about anticipation of when that was like, you know, me now with a new star Wars movie, it's coming out in two weeks. It was like August, I think 26, 1998 new Oasis album. Then the single, do you know what I mean? Comes out and it's like, Oh, we got something big. And I, I actually love the songs of that album, but you could tell even as a hardcore fan, you're like, Oh, Something's going they got on a here. lot of drugs and money now. <laughs> Something's changed. Yeah, um, but definitely maybe whew, track start to finish, track by track, right on. And and I think their their masterpiece might be uh, what they did on "What's the Story, Morning Glory." Yeah, I I, I couldn't agree more. Uh, I also like um, they were immortalized uh, in mm. Drive Shaft. Yeah, uh, on Lost. Yeah, uh, they, they they've they've had their they've had their squabbles. They've had some 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 hard times working together as a, as, a, as two brothers. Yeah. But but they still put out some amazing music. 
It was part of it. And I love rock stars. And I love my rock stars to be rock stars. Yeah. Doesn't mean I want to hang out with them. I don't know if I'd get along with Nolan Liam Gallagher. I didn't need to. I don't think if anyone <laughs> yeah. gets along with Nolan Liam Gallagher. But, that's, but yeah. that's not the point. Yeah. The point is what they're able to produce in the studio at that time. Yeah. And at least at one point, they, they could talk to each other long enough to record without wonderful, wonderful records. W- uh, throwing stuff at each other. Yeah, rock stars be rock stars. That's what I like. So that was my number one. Oasis, Oasis, Oasis. So what is your number one? All right. Well, my number one's a little bit more, uh, a little bit more mainstream, especially when you look at the music of today. But mm-hmm. uh, honestly, can't do this list without admitting it uh, because mm-hmm. they are my favorite <laughs> band still to this day. And that's the Foo Fighters. Hey. Uh, because I was first turned on to them, uh, in 97 when the color and the shape came out. Mm, yeah. And I mean, you're talking, you're talking monkey wrench, which is one of the hardest songs, uh, that was actually getting radio play at that yes. time, uh, on my alternative rock station. Uh, and then you've got my hero, which it was everywhere. That was the big song that could cross mm-hmm. and transcend. And then an Everlong, which I think is one of the better songs of the nineties uh-huh. in general. Um, it's it's a wonderfully musical song and incredibly difficult drum line. Yeah. Uh, the kind of thing that you can only come up with when <laughs> your lead singer is a drummer by trade. Yep. Uh, and then going back to their first record, which was him by himself playing every instrument and coming up with great hooks and great tracks and coming out of the, the pain of yeah. having been part of the biggest band in the world and then it all disappearing kind of overnight. Yep. And, and was able to put all that together and create something new from it. And here they are still one of the larger rock bands mm-hmm. in the world, still touring, still, still rocking out, uh, concerts. I see them every time they come to Los Angeles, uh, went to his 40th birthday party show at the forum a few mm-hmm. years ago. Still think it's one of the best live concerts I've ever experienced with just a, him in a circle stage, yeah. uh, with guest stars like Paul Stanley and, <laughs> and David Lee Roth. And it was just, she would about, and, and they, they continually impress me, uh, as staying true to the rock roots yeah. and their hard rock roots, even if sometimes their records are a little, even today, a little bit repetitive mm-hmm. in their so- song writing and storytelling. Uh, they put out some incredible songs in the nineties that have stuck with me for 20 years. Yeah. Uh, I think that's a spectacular choice. And I think if the Foo Fighters weren't on the list officially, people would throw things at us. I know, I know <laughs> people, um, my friend Brittany Wallach, I mean, this is like her favorite band of all time. And it's so interesting because, uh, you know, Nirvana, I mean, I, w- I was there for that. And, you know, you were alive too, but it's like, I was, it was high school for me. Right. And okay. Cobain was, I was a little younger, a little than younger, but slightly, younger. you know, when that happens, it changes the face of music. And yeah. then, so here I am I, again. It was around that same time. It was a '95 garbage, and but you know, Alanis Morissette. That album just was everywhere. All this stuff's coming in the middle of that. The drummer from Foo Fighters has a band. Is yeah. how it was sold. Yeah, and it's like, ah, eh. okay. You know what? I like Cheers. I'm not going to watch Frasier, right? And the next thing you know, Frasier's better. Frasier is better. <laughs> yeah, I was going to yeah. say, you, you hold your tongue, yeah, Mr. Yeah, Napsack. No. Uh, Toss salad and scrambled eggs. And I think, in a way, Nirvana has the history. It has the explosion of being a sea change, but Foo Fighters, Dave Grohl, Pat Smear, remember when they took Alanis's drummer, Taylor Hawkins? Yes, <laughs> they have uh, the staying powers there. Grohl is a elder statesman now of, of, of rock stardom yeah. and, and deserves everything. Yeah, and I'm just looking at the, the track listing for 95 self-titled album there. The one You're right, one-man band there. He's, he's Greg Alexander from New Radicals a couple years later playing it all by himself. Oh, the New Radicals. That's another yeah, good... That's, that's, that's a good... Good, good album. Good yeah. album. Yeah. And another one who went on a big producer brand things. But mm-hmm. uh, this is a call. You start that out track one. I'll stick around. Big Me, which is jingle jangly fun, but it's a great song. Yeah. Alone and Easy Target, speaking to what you were talking about there. Uh, this is uh, Ecstatic. Remember, got some radio play. You're, you're, you're talking about uh, an album that, that was, was big at the time and is big now. Yeah. yeah. Excellent. And then, and then at the end of the decade, they come out with There's Love, Nothing Left to Lose with one of their bigger songs, Learn to Fly. Learn to f- oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Plus, plus still st- sticking around with the rock stuff with Stacked Actors and Breakout, which are two very, very back-to-back hard songs, yeah. and that's your intro to the record. And yeah. uh, I distinctly remember after after 
falling in love with color and the shape and going back and, and getting, getting the self-titled the, the anticipation, like you were talking about with Oasis, mm-hmm. the, that anticipation in 99 to go pick up, there's nothing left to lose, which I think also had a CD ROM component to it because <laughs> it was 99. And if you put it yes. in your, if you put it into your Packard bell computer, <laughs> yep. uh, you, you could, you could read some liner notes and see some behind the scenes pictures of he yeah. and Pat and Taylor yeah. uh, goofing <laughs> off. Pat Smear, by the way, is one of the more prolific, yeah. Uh, musicians of the nineties. Yes. And his story is incredible. It's and the bands, the bands that he's been a part of, uh, it's just, ins- and just how, insane. Like, didn't like Cobain have to look, go like beg him, please. I yeah. need you in the band. I need you in the <laughs> band. I need you in the band. And that's after, yeah. I mean, after, uh, Grimes, is that what yes. it was? Yes. Yeah. Uh, gosh, yeah, it's been a while, but yes. Yeah. And yeah. And, yeah. And he's just always smiling. You talk about, you know, so big me, which was on the first album, but it was one of the later singles, right? Mm-hmm. They come out alone, easy target, all that kind of stuff. Um, this is a call. Big Me could have been the song that then Dave Grohl goes more of that. Yeah. And he did it uh, sprinkled in here and there. He do the, yeah. he did the videos that way. Every time the videos, he found a video like that every year, every Tenacious time. D and the videos, all the stuff. Um, but yeah, and I didn't, he stuck to what he wanted to do. And he, and, and, and we talk about this little pair, first album, second album, ooh, third album. This hasn't happened with Foo Fighters. It's only gotten their stature's only gotten bigger. Yeah, and yeah, they're 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 still they're still playing. I still I'm still holding out hope that they they will be. If if Dave Grohl uh, doesn't keep breaking his legs, yeah. they will they will be that Super Bowl halftime show in ten years when everyone's like, oh yeah, we're still loving the Foo Fighters, and the younger generation's like, who the hell are the Foo, Foo Fighters? Fighters? And people of my your age and my right. age were like, no, we're still going to Foo Fighters <laughs> concerts, just like just like people are still going to Rolling Stones concerts yes. to see him dance around like a crazy person right. because he still has it. Still, and has it. there's something about this band I, you never would have thought it. Mm-hmm. They 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 seemed a little bubblegum pop for a little bit. They, yep. they seemed like the, the softer, mm-hmm. the softer version of Nirvana, the more commercially yep. palatable version of Nirvana. Yep. But they have the, they have the staying power and they've kept with their, uh, their roots as a rock band. And it's, it's very impressive. It absolutely is impressive because at the time a drummer, he's got his own, what does he think he's done? Henley? No. Boom. They Foo Fighters. It's a rock and roll Hall of Fame quality band. Uh, something that uh, emerged from the tragedy of Nirvana and a great choice that to round out our list. Oh. I think you and I could go for a long time. Yeah, I, I really could. <laughs> I really, I mean, music, I mean, we haven't even got to the songs. Have I, I haven't even talked about Sucked Out by Super Drag is one of the best songs out there. Uh, you know, um, <sighs> We, maybe we'll just do that in one day. Sure. Space Hog and maybe in the meantime. Come on, these are the best songs of the 90s. I'm here. I'm here. Whatever you need me. We'll do it. We'll do it. But I want to thank you for coming on in there. Yeah, you know uh, Thad's work. Behind the scenes, he's one of the reasons Collider Video stays afloat. But on camera, you might know him as uh, one of the faces of the movie Trivia Schmodown. And we got a big live event coming up soon. Uh, you're going to be there pointing cameras at people? I'm going to be there. And I hear you're going to be there. I'm going to be there. You can get tickets still at the time this recording uh they you know this airs uh, next week so maybe maybe uh, tickets will be out but check it out shmodonlive.com uh me doing some star wars trivia and uh thad uh tell people where they can follow you find you and if they want to see a great show dancing and singing to all this music where they where can they get saved by the 90s well if you want to if you if you want some good 90s music in your hometown and you live in a few larger cities or metropolitan areas uh go to save by the 90s.com and you can find all the information out about how to go see a uh, great 90s show with all the music you know and love from pop rock and even rap uh you can yell at me about schmodown calls at thad williams <laughs> that's t-h-a-d-d williams with an s and uh yeah i'm always around in collider video usually behind the scenes doing great work like i said really honestly one of the people that keeps it afloat there a lot of people who don't get the glory for what they helped build over there. So thank you, sir, for coming on in to the Knapsack Files. That's Life Rank for today. You can follow me on Twitter at KatNapsack. Go to the Patreon page, patreon.com slash the Knapsack Files. Also got a website, knapsackfiles.podomatic.net. The Afternoons with Josh Makuga, soon moving to its own RSS feed. Stay tuned for more information there. And new to the Patreon page, I will say, at the $1 level, the bottom level, you get it in, you get in, I'm doing a monthly KZOK Radio Spotify playlist, private, shared only to Patreon supporters, uh, and we can talk music. I'll share some of my favorite songs. Some of these bands and songs we talk about today will be on that list. Uh, that is something brand new to the page. So that is it for Thad Williams, for Oasis, for Foo Fighters, for all the wonderful music memories of the 90s. That is it. Life has been wrapped. <laughs>